is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of The Big Show. That's Big O. Big O knows tires and auto repair can be an unexpected expense. That's why they offer no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to our friend Sam Amick coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the uh, end of the Jazz season as well as uh, what he expects in the offseason and uh, the teams remaining in the playoffs. Yeah. I, it's all, you know, it's always a pleasure talking with Sam. I know. It is always a pleasure talking with Sam. And, of course, you can always read his work. Uh, in the athletic, he's done uh, a lot of really great reporting, uh, no particularly doubt. recently. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were talking about that uh, the Dallas Mavericks situation. Sam has been uh, all over that, so um, uh, would certainly encourage you to uh, to read his work. So, are you with me? Are we are we all jumping on the Atlanta bandwagon, or are you sticking with your sons? I don't know. I, I, I yeah. I think I think I would go with the Suns over the Hawks. What's why I'm cheering for the Hawks. I'm not. Picking the Hawks. <laughs> I don't. I don't care who wins. Although there, are, there is a lot of. I'm. I'm amazed at how much negative vibe there is toward the Suns. Is that because From they other beat, people than me? Because I don't feel that way. Really? You I, think there's a lot of negative vibe I, towards well, the Suns? I mean, out there? I've talked to maybe five people about it, and it doesn't seem like the Suns were a popular choice. Man, it seems to me like guys can't get out of their way enough to, or or, or give Chris Paul enough credit. Yeah, that's true. Well, he's been really good. Devin Booker has been really good. Maybe it's because I talked to some Jazz fans and the Suns, you know, beat up on the Jazz pretty good during the regular season. I don't think that's where Jazz fans' dislike of the Suns comes from. What do you think it is? Well, you're kind of in that same boat as rising franchises. Uh You've got similar star players. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think there's a comparison there. I don't a think competitive it's competitive thing. I don't think it's about particular regular season matchups. All right, let's get to uh, to Sam Austin. Let's hit the open. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for the Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Out to the special guest line we go, brought to you by Smart Rain. It's no mystery. Utah is in extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Of course, he writes for The Athletic. He's our friend, Sam Amick. Hi, Sam. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Oh, we're good. We're, uh, we spent the week uh, kind of trying to talk to jazz fans about how grumpy they are. Uh, how how sure. grumpy should jazz fans be, Sam? How how troubling was that ending to the season to you? Yeah, pretty grumpy. Um, you know, I mean, anytime you got a number one seed that falls short, that's tough. And then when you have, you know, a, a, you know the lower seed knocking you out when they're not at full health, 
that's tough. And I understand the Jazz weren't completely either in terms of Donovan dealing with the ankle and Mike Conley having just come back. But by and large, I think any objective viewer would say that the Jazz had more of their core healthy than the Clippers did. So, it's yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a bad loss, and it's progress based on the season before, but it – but you fall short of what you were hoping to accomplish this year. So, Sam, we study this stuff all the time, but I'm I'm interested in hearing from your perspective. And you're you're pretty tied in with the Jazz. You know what's going on here. Uh, what do you think they need that they lack at this point to be able to you know nudge toward uh, maybe uh, an opportunity in the NBA Finals? I don't know the answer. Um, Quinn Snyder is a much smarter coach than I am, but. You know, I do – listen, it's pretty tough to see the way it ended and not fixate on the Rudy Gobert component where you – know, I keep thinking back, I think even on this show, we debated you – know, Draymond Green had some comments a while back about how, you know, as a fellow former defensive player of the year, that you're never going to have a situation that you don't want Draymond on the floor for defensively. Little did we know kind of, you know, how prophetic that would be considering Rudy's struggles with the Terrence man game. And, and, but as it relates to coaching, the part that did really hit me was like, man, politically, I get it. You know, you got a guy in Rudy who we've talked about is like, gee, should he be in the MVP conversation? He is a, a you know, just foundational player and part, you know, part of their program. But then you have the old school view in terms of just coaching one-on-one and basketball where, shouldn't matter how much money you make, shouldn't matter what stature you have. If the opposing team is exploiting something time and again and you're, you're about to end your season because you can't, you know, you're just, you're just letting them punch you in the face over and over and over again, then should he be on the floor? And, and so that was – I don't have many moments really ever, even as somebody who writes about this all the time where I sit there and go, yeah, that was a, that was a mistake. And I do feel like that one was um, because, you know, it felt like – I think in the locker room, in terms of their dynamics, I could see Quinn and the staff feeling like, are we going to lose Rudy um, in terms of his spirit if he's on the court during these important moments? But, you know, it, it still it, it led to what it led to, and now they're out of the, the playoffs. Sam, the Jazz, and uh, now, and Mike Conley, too, have to make a decision on if their future is, is going to be together, um, as Mike Conley is a free agent for the first time in his career. But would his um, health be, how big a factor would his health be in deciding whether or not you want to be in the Mike Conley business? I mean, to me, a hamstring, you know, it's going to recover. You know what I mean? It's not, and unless I'm, you know, something I'm not aware of, it's, it's not an ACL, it's not an SCL, it's not Achilles. So, you know, I mean, you have the general question of just his age and and you get to talk to your sports science people and, and just gather all the evidence that you want regarding his own personal history with injury and trying to essentially project or predict rather, you know, if you invest X amount of money, what percentage of the time can you reasonably expect him to be on the floor? And, you know, that's not a real... Uh, fun game to play because good luck getting that right. But, you know, I think age is always going to come into play. He's coming off a very good year and, um, you know, conceivably has a lot of leverage on the organization, although, you know, the fact that it wasn't part of, you know, even a Western Conference Finals team, I think, eats away at that leverage a bit. And, and I truthfully don't know 
what the market's going to be elsewhere for big time money for Mike, uh, just based on which teams have money and you know all those different factors. So I think you uh, you got to look at it, but but they're obviously a lot better with him. So Sam, let me ask you about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and. Each of those guys has gotten just a little bit better every year. Donovan was better this year than he's been before. How much How much more room is there for improvement amongst those guys? Um, I would say, I, mean, I feel like Rudy's playing at his peak. You know, we're close to it. He's the one, he's a few years older than Donovan, and he's just continued to evolve and develop and, you know, um, even I mean, listen. Even with the tough moments at the end of that series, he's gotten so much better at trying to, you know, to, to cut into that narrative that he can never be on the floor when the other team is playing small. That was not a good night at the office, but he's had a lot of good nights at the office that are a lot better than the old days. So I, I'm not really sure, you know, how much better Rudy can get. But if you get this guy for the next three, four, five years, that's pretty dang good. Donovan, I think, you know, it's it's crazy to say because of how good. He is already. I still see a, a decent amount of room left to grow there because he talks about it. You know, it's it's the well-rounded games where you're you know you're not just scoring. You're you're having more assists, hitting the glass more, finding your teammates more. He's trying to be as much that kind of a player as possible. And then the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I can see Donovan, and you know, not only getting better but just the consistency because I think the ankle played a big part, but. You saw in the playoffs where it was like, my goodness, he. Uh, I mean, I felt like I jinxed him because I tweeted, you know, two games into the Clippers series that he had been the best player in the playoffs. Uh, and then he kind of went the other way. So the consistency wasn't there. But, you know, I think he can still get better. If Kawhi does not return, do the Clippers have a chance against the Suns? Um, doesn't feel like it. I'm literally sitting on the concourse at Staples Center right now. <laughs> and. You know, we'll see. Um, it doesn't feel like it. Yes, you know, Ty Lue has been a master at, you know, figuring out how to come back in series. And obviously it started long before these playoffs. This, you know, Ty Lue with the Cavs and legendarily coming back from 3-1 to one against the Warriors. But now you got no Kawhi and now they're getting Chris Paul. And not only that, you add in, I mean, who knows what impact this has on Chris's performance but you've got the reunion component where from a personal standpoint, Chris is going to be very motivated to knock his old Clippers team out of the playoffs in the next two games and maybe even sweep these guys. But uh, I mean, the Clippers have shown an ability to fight and, and I know we all get a little too tied up in what happened late on the most recency bias, I guess, and what happened last, but like, man, the, the Paul George struggle in the last game, I felt like, like maybe if, you know, to use the roller coaster analogy, like maybe this roller coaster just kind of came back into the station, you know, with one last dip downwards, because that, you know that's a lot to go through. Where it's like, man, playoff P is here, and this is the guy who's going to perform every time out in the playoffs, and then lo and behold, you know, he's the other guy uh, struggling. So Sam, I know you just talked about uh, Chris Paul and uh, his uh, ability to do what he's been able to do with the Suns. But this team got way better, way fast. How did they do that? Uh, I mean, Chris, Gordon, Chris Paul is a big part of it. Um, you know, it's funny, and this is a, to a much lesser degree, but, like, nobody talks about Jay, uh, Jay Crowder all that much. And 
I really don't think it's a mistake or a coincidence that when Jay Crowder was on the Heat, you know, they had their run and pushed into the finals. Jay Crowder was guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, doing things like that, that, you know, dirty work defensively, finding people offensively, just being somewhat versatile. So I think Jay Crowder doesn't get enough love, but then, man, these young dudes, I, I can't remember seeing a, a young group of players with little to no playoff experience coming up so big in this moment. I mean, the other night, campaign, my God, this guy was playing in China not that long ago in the G League, and now he's going not only 29-9, and nine, but 29-9 and zero turnovers, which is remarkable. So, um, But, you know, I guess to take it down another layer to your question, what I learned the other night that I thought was so interesting after game two was that, man, the Chris Paul impact – like, he's not even there, and this guy's impacting them. You know, campaign, it's one thing to have that cliche narrative of all the veterans help this guy, help that guy. But I was convinced. You hear campaign talk about Chris Paul and how he calls him all the time and they're FaceTiming after the game. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I don't think this guy's going to play like this if, if he's not vibing with Chris Paul the way that he is. And mm-hmm. ditto for DeAndre Ayton. And, I mean, Devin Booker, I'm not taking any credit away from him. I think he would have found his way on his own. But um, they just have a special mix. And I kind of agree with somebody the other night who tweeted out that they felt like the Hawks and the Suns both have uh, kind of a similar team of destiny vibe right now where they just are going to ride this thing as far as they can take it. So we'll see what happens. Well, give us your thoughts on the Hawks, Sam. I mean, they're playing out of their minds right now. I have a legit shot to do just what you're talking about. They do, yeah. I mean, they're fun to watch. They keep shocking people. You know what I mean? They, um, Trey Young, I mean, I, you guys tell me, can you remember a first-time playoff performer? Like, Luke has been great, right? But he's also gotten bounced in the first round in his first two playoff performances. Trey out here in the East Finals after a couple of years of, you know, the narrative about empty stats and about how he's not Luka and, you know, and, and how he doesn't play any defense and do you guys want to play with him? All these different things where folks essentially were finding new and creative ways to say that he wasn't legit. And now, I mean, I, you know, I think he, uh, I tweeted about Donovan the other night. I, now I might even pick Trey as the best player in the playoffs so far. I mean, those numbers you put up last night are, are legendary. Like you, you don't do that. 48, 11, whatever it was, like, he's been unreal. So that's the, the crux of it. And then you just got a really deep roster that, that you know, I told somebody the other night, it, it feels like a baseball bullpen, meaning, like, offensively, you know, it's like, okay, the middle relievers, you know, Gallinari's not feeling it tonight, so let's go to Lou Williams. All right, that's not working. Let's make sure we have Bogdanovich run the offense and, all these options where with, you know, skill sets that, that give you versatility so that guys can have slumps and have bad nights and you have other options. So, Sam, I want to ask you about a player who was never all that popular around these parts uh, for reasons that go back to a certain rookie of the year race. But Ben Simmons, what's going to happen with him? And, Jake's gloating because he said that he uh, noticed right away that he couldn't shoot from the perimeter, and uh, nobody ever listened to him, right, Jake? Well, I just <laughs> thought that was a pretty key component of his game that was missing, yet everybody loved giving him credit. That's all. <laughs> what, do you, what do you make of it, Jake? 
Jake, you think you're some kind of expert? That's no, you know. No, I, I thought I was taking crazy pills for years. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like a, it's like a a, a four hitter in baseball. Ah, so what? He can't hit for power. That's a big deal. <laughs> you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. It's funny in my neck of the woods um, near Sacramento. Our Kings beat writer Jason Jones wrote an interesting column the other day saying that he thinks that they should make a move for Ben Simmons and. And it was it was actually illuminative, illuminated kind of for me the idea that that despite the narrative being so toxic right now, um, Ben Simmons is still a really good player. So a team like Sacramento, you know, it's like the defense, the playmaking, um, you know, the versatility, everything beyond the shooting, could take a lot of teams to a better place. And so I am actually genuinely curious to see. I think he's going to have some kind of comeback story. I don't know what it'll look like. I don't think it'll be in Philly, but I'm dying to see what the market looks like this off season for him. But I mean, that's, you know, that's the nice flowery stuff on the negative side. It's just, yeah, he hasn't fixed the shooting problem. Uh, and he's essentially gotten the yips in the kind of a way that it really hurt his team at the end. And now clearly there's a ripple effect on, dynamics in the locker room with Joel Embiid seemingly real frustrated. Doc Rivers not exactly providing a lot of cover for Ben in his post-game or post-season comments. And, um, you know, today ESPN had a report saying that Ben's agent, Rich Paul, was talking to, uh, to you know, the Sixers about what might be next. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I do think we're losing sight a little bit of the fact that he's a really, really good player. Um, but But I understand the criticism for sure. I just, uh, you know, the, the what happened in the fourth quarter. If you can't have a star on the floor in the fourth quarter, I mean, you got to evaluate some things, right? And, and it even there's there's some kind of jazz connective tissue there too with oh, what you were talking exactly about. What with, I was say. Yeah, yeah, with with Rudy, and that's man, that's that's a challenge if you're going to invest that kind of money in a player, right? It is because I think when we talked on the show about Draymond's comments, I think I pushed back and didn't agree with him. And, and it's I, I kind of had reached a new point where I was like, dang, I think he's right. You know, like whether it's Rudy, whether it's Ben, you know, I think that's uh, something that it's just impossible to ignore. I think Rudy and Ben are the, the you know, the, the two toughest individual player stories so far this postseason. And it is a problem when, you know, you, you pay a guy 20 plus, 30 plus million dollars and, and then you got you to gotta tell him to sit down when it matters most. Yep. Well, Sam, thank you very much, as always. It's always a pleasure. All right. You got it. Thank you, guys. See you, buddy. That's our friend Sam Amick, senior NBA writer <laughs> for The Athletic. Everybody's listening to Jake Scott now. They should be. They should always have been. And it's <laughs> nice to have. Uh, they should always have been. Have been. <laughs> hey, those uh, pigeons are coming on over here. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At you least what. you said your name right. True, which has not always happened. You want to give a report on Matt Harvey? No. No, we don't need to do any of that, in fact. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. Hey, preview- I'm Jake Scott. <laughs> you want to preview the uh, who's coming up next? Uh, I would if I knew. Your former boss who you arranged to come on the show? Oh, that's right. It's 424. <laughs> yes, I did. 
That was all time. <laughs> Matt Harpings out with a <laughs> bulging. Here you are ripping on me, and I'm, I'm setting you up. Hey, <laughs> we want to have Joe on. I Joe didn't look at the clock. In the, in the sports I, world I am, here. I was so enthralled with what Sam was saying that I didn't look up at the clock. Which I, Sam always joins us at what time for the last seven years? Why? Not always. But why Not would always. I have you preview <laughs> what's coming? <laughs> because I was thinking of another guest we were going to have on today. So what if I knew? Preview Dale, then. Yeah. Great guy. So Joe Baird. <laughs> two-time NL MVP. Joe Baird's going to be I on the show. I told you guys how much I hate you guys. <laughs> Coming up next, to the- Joe uh, is retiring. Today is his last day as sports editor at the Salt Lake Tribune. <laughs> I we- would if I knew. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon really thought it would be a great idea to have him on the show. I did. Gordon at 4.30, call. not at 4.24. Why did I say coming up next, then? Coming up next. As I said, I didn't look next. at the clock. <laughs> I did not look at the clock. Back it up. Moving it on back here, people. Didn't look at the clock. Oh, man. Anything else you want to tease? Hey, why don't you tease what's coming up at 4.50? They're not sports reports? No, you remembered that one all right. All right. <laughs> at least I've never mispronounced my oh, own why name. Why are you coming out firing because you're at me? you're coming at me. I tried to have you set you up. A, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe Baird, uh, sports editor for the Salt Lake Tribune, is going to join the show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 12.80 of the zone. This is DJ and PK. Joe Ingles. So you've had a few days to let it sink in, and when you look back, like where did it go horribly wrong? What the heck happened? Obviously, we were a little bit beat up with a couple injuries, and it's not an excuse or anything, but that's just the way it was. And I said it in my exit meeting that for me it was probably the toughest loss that we've had since I've been here with what we've done in the regular season and the first round with Memphis. Being up 0-2, and then we played some really good quarters and halves, but we didn't really put it all together to win that series. So once again, you're going back to look at yourself in Individually, obviously, the team will look at the team and we'll get our minds right to be ready for the start of next year. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Some 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Uh, joining us now... Uh, today is his last day as sports editor at the Salt Lake Tribune. He's been at the Trib for the last 38 years. He's Joe Baird with us here on The Big Show. Joe, congratulations. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Thank you very much. Uh, we are, we How are, doing, are we, Jake? I, I'm doing terrifically well, Gordon. I don't know about you. I'm doing well as well. Let me, let me, let me go down this list for you real quick. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. General Assignment News Reporter. Prep sports reporter, minor league sports reporter, Utah, BYU, and Utah State sports reporter, county government reporter, census and growth reporter, environment reporter, public lands reporter, news editor, and for the past 12 and a half years, sports editor at the Salt Lake Tribune. That's Joe Barrett. What was your favorite, Joe? What was your favorite beat? Well, it, honestly, but my favorite gig was uh, when I was covering public lands. Um, and that's, you know, Brian Mathway does that for us now. But uh, it was fantastic because I just got to see all corners of the state. And, uh, you know, from the West Desert to the High Uintas to the, to the, you know, the Escalante Canyons, uh, just down there, you know, reporting on stories. And, uh it, it it was a it was a great gig and a great life. Um, just got to got to see a lot of really cool places, meet a lot of really cool people, and uh, you know what's wrong with hanging out in the uh, scenic beauty of Utah. So, Joe, explain to our listeners what it's like being a sports editor. Oh boy, uh, you are a uh, advanced juggler. <laughs> there are a lot of balls in the air all the time and uh if it's not uh game coverage it's planning uh it's planning the the sunday coverage it's planning you know the big stories it's it's keeping tabs on the little stories uh it is uh kind of uh, uh you know conducting a uh a very uh unwieldy orchestra this is, uh, on that note, kind of, Joe, and this is a very silly question, but I, I, I'm very curious to the answer. What was it like comparing expense reports from Gordon and Kurt Cragthorpe? <laughs> well, I will say this. I mean, I've, got, I've, I've had reporters who turned in far bigger expense reports than Gordon ever did, but, but Kurt... Kurt was the master of not spending Tribune money. Let's put it that way. I think I think the best Kurt story about his expense report was when he covered the Beijing Olympics and he got back and he turned in a, an expense report of like sixteen dollars. <laughs> Did he <laughs> paddle a canoe home? What? <laughs> yeah, after, after after you know two weeks, seventeen days uh, in Beijing. Yeah, that was the that was the tab he rang up. Well, now that we brought that subject up, uh, I uh, one time I got a, a a hotel in Houston that was uh, a kind of a dump, and uh, when I checked uh, the reviews on the hotel, 
uh, it, the first review said, I did not feel safe at this hotel. Do not stay here. Well, <laughs> I went ahead and did it, and it was like, I don't know, it was really cheap. It was like 50 bucks or something. And I said to Kurt, I said, Kurt, see, I beat you. I finally beat you. And he said, nope, I'm down the street for 39 bucks a night. <laughs> so was, that, was that a roach motel you were in? Anyway. So, Joe, Joe, tell us, uh, what, do, what do people know about, need to know about a sports section and the way it's run and the way coverages are assigned that, that they might not know or they might not think about? Well, there's, you know, there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of stuff there. It's, it's kind of like baseball where, you know, it looks like there's nothing going on, but there's a lot going on. It's kind of like that. Uh, you know, like I said, just a lot of coordination, a lot of uh, working with, you know, with reporters, obviously, but you're also uh, working with a lot of people outside of the staff. I mean, you're working to get people credentialed. You're, you're working, you're kind of a quasi, like a, like a night's like, like selection Sunday, I would turn into a travel agent and trying to get this reporter here, that reporter there, you know, what's the best price for this, you know, uh, locale, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so it was, it, it was just a lot of different stuff all the time. And, uh, and uh, it, it could get very busy at times. In a market like this, though, like how many times did you field calls or, or feedback from people like a BYU fan that was mad because they thought Utah was getting better or more coverage and Utah fan mad at uh, the, 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 BY, the amount of BYU coverage or whatnot? Well, what do you say to that? Because it seems like you're pretty measured in that regard. Well, that happened all the time in the, you know, in the 80s and 90s and, and early 2000s. I mean, it was just, uh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the old adage, you know, if you if you piss both sides off, then you're probably doing something right. And so, you know, when, when you would have Utah fans and BYU fans going at you over, over you know, who you were favoring in coverage, uh, you know, you, you were probably hewing it, you know, about right. Um you know, and that you know that's changed over time. I mean, I don't think that is uh, quite the quite the focal point it used to be. I think uh, fans have you know now gone to the message boards to to do battle with each other <laughs> rather than then call up the sports editor and yell at him. They uh, they get on uh, Cougar board or whatever and uh, and uh, argue that way. Joe Baird is with us uh, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Joe, just curious about your your time as sports editor over the last 12 years. It seems like so much has happened around here. What would you say has been the biggest story of that time period in local sports? Oh, boy. Uh, In the time I've been sports editor. um, Well, I'm going to say, first of all, uh, probably Utah beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, we sent an army of people, including myself, to uh, New Orleans for, you know, really just uh, one of the great, maybe the greatest game in Utah football history. And that kind of uh, rattled the earth, you know. I mean, given the way the Utes played that night and uh, what what everybody thought was going to happen. So so that was that was probably the biggest. I, I think I think the bookend of that might just be this jazz season. Um you know, it, it, it was a real disappointing end, but 
boy, it was it was a real high this season, and it really brought back a lot of memories of the 97 and 98 finals teams. People were talking about the Jazz like they hadn't in a long time, and uh, they were a huge story. And, um, you know, in between, I you know, I, 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 uh, I think, you know, just Utah joining the Pac-12 uh, was a massive story. It just – it just changed so much uh, for the Utes uh, in, in, in so many ways. It, it really kind of transformed, uh, you know, the terrain they were operating on, and and um, you know, not just not just athletically, but academically. So, so you know, those three things probably stand out for me immediately. Joe, what do you make of the Jazz and their situation, and where they are situated now? Uh, as far as the future goes, well, you know, you and I have talked about this. I don't, I don't think they have to reinvent the wheel. I don't think they have to tear down what they've got. But I do think they need a little more versatility on their roster, and they, they need some wings that can go out and defend on the perimeter, and, and, uh, you know, uh, not pin it all on Rudy Gobert. Uh, I, I just, it was, it was a fatal flaw for them uh, against the Clippers, and. Uh, you know how it goes. I mean, once once the league sees how you're how you're uh, punching a hole in somebody, they're just going to keep coming at you with the same approach. So, I think it behooves the Jazz to uh, to really, uh, even though they've got some real salary cap restraints. I mean, they've got to get more athletic uh, and and better defensively out on the out on the wings, out on the perimeter. Last thing for me, Joe, I want to ask you about uh, the evolution of the Salt Lake Tribune. You've been there for a, a long time, and of course, um, you know, local newspapers and their existence is a big deal across the country as uh, as things change so much, and we've seen th- things change at the Tribune a lot over the years, and now it's you know, in this situation where it's really a community newspaper, how how do you feel about uh, where the Tribune has come from and where it's going? Wow. Uh, well, that's a that's a mouthful of a question because so much has happened uh, in the time I have been at the Tribune. I mean, I have I have uh, worked through uh, a major battle over ownership. Uh, I have, you know, we have toiled through lawsuits. Uh, we have toiled through a hedge fund uh, trying to basically kill us off. <laughs> we we. We have toiled through a uh, Department of Justice investigation, uh, and now you know we 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 were we were rescued by the Huntsman family, and uh, you know that that really saved our bacon at a time when uh, things were looking kind of perilous, and and now of course we, we've gone to the nonprofit model, which uh, I believe we are the first legacy newspaper to go you know totally all in on that nonprofit model. So uh, just a ton of change. And, and, you know, the business has just changed so much over the last 15 years, um, you know, just in the way people consume the newspaper. And, of course, the battle for everybody is trying to figure out how to get the product delivered to them in a way that they want to read it. And, uh, you know, now we're, we're chasing, uh, you know, digital subscriptions. Um, so, uh, you know, coming up in the 80s and 90s when newspapers were printing money to now where really uh, many of us are just trying to survive, 
it's it's been quite a ride. Well, Joe, uh, I have a column up uh, about uh, actually sent out to Joe, really, and uh, that you can read at sltrib.com if you'd like. Um, Joe, you've been uh, a, a co-worker, a confidant, a friend, a, a critic, a boss, uh, just everything. And you've been a lot to a lot of people over there at the Tribune who have worked with you and who you've helped and who you've advised and guided through the years. And so, I mean, I guess after 40 years, Jake, maybe uh, Joe deserves a pat on the back. Huh? Maybe a compliment <laughs> or two. So, uh, yeah, we all appreciate and respect you. And well, let me end it up by asking you, what's next? Oh, man, I'm going I'm, to – I'm retiring, uh, that's for sure. Uh, I'm just – Having not retired before, I'm going to have to figure that out. So I'm going to kind of just I'm just going to power down for a couple of months and stop and smell the roses and then kind of figure out next steps. Uh, but I, I, I just one last point. I would be remiss if I did not mention all the fantastic people who have worked on my sports staff for the last uh, 12 and a half years, including Gordon Monson, who who uh, has shared a lot of long, in-depth conversations uh, with me over the years and, and really has been a confidant. And, and then I've just had so many talented people come through. Uh, and and I've, been, I've been very lucky and very blessed to, uh, you know, have such a talented staff. And that, and that includes right up to this day. So I, I just want to give a shout-out to them because they work very hard and uh, they're very good at what they do. Joe, thank you for jumping on with us. Congratulations on your retirement. Uh, enjoy it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, you guys have a great day. You too, Joe. All right, Joe. Joe Baird, uh, sports editor at the Salt Lake Tribune. Today is his last day retiring after 38 years. Yeah, when you have that kind of influence on a sports market that Joe has had after all these years and, and filling all those roles, I, I just uh, I think people like that need to be need to be honored for their contributions. So, Joe, tip of the cap to you. You know, I asked him this question. Maybe you and I debated at some point. What has been the biggest sports story here locally over the last 12 years? I think... Throw I think, a tease on it, Gordon. Oh. Well, <laughs> for the not sports, sports report. report coming up. Are you trying, no, you I want? just were way over. I, do, I just brought that up because saying, like, maybe All right, that's I'll something make you we promise. discuss. I'll make you promise. Okay. I'll keep the non-sports report really short. All right. We'll get to that coming up next. <laughs> Dale Murphy joins us uh, at the top what? of the 5 o'clock hour. Who's next? Big Who? Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Rises and fires for three. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz. You're outstanding. But the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league the zone will be with the jazz every step of the way as the jazz front office builds for the future your exclusive home of utah jazz basketball is right here on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network oh hey guys jake here from my friends at zero res and listen uh you may not know it but you 
need zero res because we all do because dirt dust dander gets into the home it gets deep down into your carpets and hey we've all uh, noticed right on a sunny day when the sun's coming through those windows you can see dust all over the house it's everywhere particularly your carpets it settles deep down into the fibers where you can't see it and that's where zero res comes in of course they have the powered water uh, which is unbelievable they don't use soaps or shampoos or harsh chemicals that leave behind residue that that residue attracts dirt back into your carpets so with zero res your carpets get cleaner and they stay cleaner longer and they want to prove it to you they've got a great deal going right now just 33 dollars per room of carpet clean now minimum supplied but no maximums so clean as much as you want and this month only take 50 percent off upholstery cleaning get that upholstery taken care of as well there's nobody better give them a call today tell them jake from the zone sent you 801-288-9376 that's 801-288-zero Check this out. And now your not sports report on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Going across the pond to England. You know, there's a certain soccer tournament going on over there on the continent. Are you aware of that? The Champions League? The- the Euros, the European. Anyway, uh, so, okay, let me just read what this woman said. Uh, okay, there's a, there was a, a wife, her husband, and a one-year-old child, and she is four months pregnant. No, no, the mom. So, this is what happened. And see if you can relate to this to some extent. Her husband says, honey... I'm going to go down to the pub to watch the, the soccer games. Uh, I'll be back. I'm just going to have a couple a couple drinks and enjoy a game, and then I'll be back. Well, this is what she said about what happened. My husband said he was going for a couple last night. I'm four months pregnant, and we have a one-year-old. I went to bed at around 10, and he came in at 5 in the morning. Uh, is that okay? She said that her one-year-old woke up right after that and that she went down to get him and he was zonked out already. And so she had to deal with the one-year-old when her husband was out drinking and watching a sporting event. Have you ever done that? Um, no. No. Is it okay? What why, are the wait, rules wait, here? why is this newsworthy? Well, well one, I have a two-minute non-sports report here. I'm not asking here. why you selected it. I'm just, why did it make the news? Some husband because getting it's... drunk and coming home late doesn't feel like news to me. <laughs> it's not news. It's the non-sports report. No, it doesn't have to be a news report. But you got I'm... it from some sort of publication they wrote yeah, about it from it for an a on, I got it from an online but thing. Why was it notable to, like, uh, uh... Because it, it, it brings up the question, Jake. 
Is it okay for a husband to go out when he says he's going to have a couple drinks and watch one game for him to come home at 5 o'clock the following morning? I suppose it depends on the family, but i got to imagine something like that happens a lot, right? I don't know. Does it? Austin, what would happen to you if you did that? Okay, you're having soda pops. I, uh, no, I would, for, I would never do that because of, A, I respect my wife. Uh, and her time and, and my family. B, if I did it, she'd be uh, mad and whatever she did to me would probably be deserved. See, that's why it's notable. It's not, though. All right. What would happen if you did that, Gordon? But, but, uh, I, my wife would be worried about what happened to me. All right, here, here I'll, I'll give you a similar experience, and this is why uh, this is why I asked the question. And then we got to get to Dale Murphy. And we do have Dale Murphy. I, I had a buddy. We were at a wedding. Uh, all right, uh, attending one of the ones I performed. In fact, mm-hmm. we went to the after party. Right, uh, he ended up staying uh, at the after party until four or five in the morning. Ended up going home. Had small children. His uh, wife is is pretty hilarious because she made him get up with the kids. <laughs> so I, the next time I saw him, he was actually in their like playroom, and he was absolutely out cold on the ground while they were like banging trucks and stuff around him, <laughs> which was pretty hilarious. But the thing is. And this was in Washington, D.C. There wasn't a story in the Post about it because it's <laughs> what's newsworthy about that. I didn't know I was giving a news report. I thought I was doing a not sports report. I'm just talking about something that happened that I thought maybe our listeners might be able to relate to at some level. Which is fine. I just don't understand how the original story was published. It was it was in the uh, the mirror. So it's a website. Guy has a few too many, comes home late. Doesn't feel like breaking news to me. Mom fumes as husband leaves her with kids to watch Euros and doesn't return until 5 a.m. is the headline. I, I believe you. I just can't believe it's a story. I didn't think you were making it up. Well, I don't know what to say. You know, the, he, you know, Austin, that almost sounded like, why would anyone care about this? I just don't understand why uh, how it gets written about. That's all. I just think it's a fairly common occurrence. It might be at your house. It's not at Austin's. Why why are you insulting me? I didn't insult you. (laughs) Dale Murphy joins the show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kurt Healing from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Looking at the way the West is forming and LeBron James feels like he's starting to hit his ceiling and things are changing, do you try to just make a run back at what you have? I'd still tweak it a little bit because I don't think the West is getting easier. I think the Suns are more confident now, guys. Kawhi's going to resign and the Clippers will still be very good. The Lakers are going to make changes on the margins and if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy, they're going to be right in the mix. So, like, I don't think you can just kind of run it back and think it's going to be like this year. I think the West is so deep with good teams. You don't need to make wholesale changes. This was still the best team in basketball during the regular season and still fully capable of making a run. But you have to think about, are there players or tweaks we need to make that give us a little more versatility in those last 16 games? Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.